Just a friendly reminder that the opinions expressed on this show are not worth a Canadian penny, so disregard anything you hear that might get anyone in trouble. And despite some of the great ideas you may hear, don't try them at home. Go to friend's house instead. here. Uh, this first little bit just got a little bit garbled, so I just cut it out. Uh, sorry for that. And now back to the show. I'm not happy until you're thoroughly <laughs> embarrassing him. <laughs> I, I'm already past that point. So you're yeah. not a red enough aid yet. Continue, continue. <laughs> okay. Talk to me after, and I'll uh, never mind. Anyways, okay. <laughs> Uh, let's get into what we did in guns. But before we do that, we just want to let everybody know that we have a uh, special guest that's going to be coming on, but they're going to be coming on in probably about an hour. So mm-hmm. tune in for that too. Uh, so let's get into what we did in guns this week. Uh, this, Yeah. Anyways, uh, what we did in guns this week is brought to you by the Calgary Shooting Center. It's Canada's premier firearm retailer. So H and K, let's go in and have a look-see because it really just populated it. So I haven't even looked at it yet. So it's H and K USP. Um, v1 pistol package so why'd you pick that adriel because it looked cool and <laughs> it comes with an engraved uh nanook uh pistol case it does actually roll mat look at that it comes with the mat this is a really into the usp series yeah this yeah nice setup 1250 bucks mm-hmm. yeah, would you consider that a competition setup. pistol no yeah, this is the kind of pistol you put your bullets in the wrong way on the magazine, and it just works. Yeah. Got it. HK. Um, Calgary Shooting Center does a lot of these, especially around Christmas time. They'll do packages of certain guns, and then they'll throw in cool things with it. I remember each year they would do like a diehard. They do. Anyways, but I like the fact that this is an engraved gun in case as well. Quality products. Go and get a check out uh, Calgary Shooting Center uh, and tell uh, everybody we say hi. You know, there's some people who don't know actually about Slimefire at the Calgary Shooting Center. When I stopped in, I mean, I'd imagine there, you know, it's hard to hire people in Alberta right now. Just hiring like people who don't know about guns and stuff, maybe. Yeah. yeah. They knew who we were after I was there. Anyways, I would hope so. <laughs> Adriel, why don't you tell us what you, you did in guns this week? Uh, I am still handgunless. Uh, I, I did contact the CFP today, and it only took 15, 20 minutes to get through, which is better than it has been. It, it's been, like, terrible, and uh, they're still in process. So um, okay. that's been a little bit more than a week, and they're just, they haven't done anything with it, so... That's going poorly. Uh, I have think no that handguns. is fine because you're not in Ontario where it takes six weeks. For a transfer? Mm-hmm. My God. Yeah, hopefully it takes all. I'd like to go to a three-gun match in April. Well, uh, you're going to a three-gun match in April and you need a gun. I'd like to, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think I, I, I might be able to use a bow and arrow or something like that, but I prefer to use a mm. Or maybe a borrowed pistol. I mean, everyone's got a shadow too. I could just yeah, grab a belt is. and <laughs> that's true. Slap so just craft here. Do you give me that? <laughs> that's true. Very true. Yep. 
Uh, I'm putting a hot water tank in today. Uh, tankless, so that I can... That, which is relevant to guns, because once that's done, I can finish up with that gun room and uh, build it all out. I've been ordering like all sorts of lighting stuff, and uh, I found out that I can use my DSLR as a webcam with a capture card, so I got a bunch of that stuff in. At least I was, I was supposed to. So like I, I, I ordered all this stuff on Amazon, a bunch of little cheap crap, right? And yeah. uh, uh, I got the message from Amazon that uh, my, my package had arrived. I go outside and open it and uh, crack it open, and it's, uh, it's, it's lube. It's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's sex lube, two <laughs> bottles of it. And I'm like, oh. It's not what I ordered. I, I look on the front. Someone else's name is on the package. My neighbors. <laughs> my new neighbors. <laughs> nice. nice. I haven't met yet. I haven't, I haven't really spoken to them yet. Uh, but I, I got a chance to speak to it, speak with them. Yep. And uh, I, was, I was dreading because, like, how do like, what do you bring it over? You're like, oh, sorry, I got your package. I opened it. I opened up your sex lube. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, they came over and we just did the trade and didn't oh, did uh, think it, about did it. Did they get much. yours? Yeah. Yeah, they got my. So bag. they open it, and there's gun parts in it. No, they, just they kidding. They didn't open. They they, yeah. they knew immediately it was the wrong package size for sex lube, uh, and <laughs> <laughs> and so we did the trade. But anyway, so I got a bunch of that stuff in. That stuff for like using the SLR as a webcam. Uh, I got a whole bunch of uh, LED. I'm gonna do strip lighting for like perimeter, uh, like key lighting for guns. Uh, I want to do like an overhead one for uh, for tabletop uh, video. And okay. then a flat one facing me for uh, for that kind of lighting, and they're all on dimmers, so I should be able to like really, so really you're dial done, in the lighting. When you're done, you're gonna come fly to Ontario and help me do that, right? Do the same thing. Yeah. Uh, might be like a care package of just like leftovers. <laughs> no, that's not happening. You're coming. When you fly over here, uh -huh. I'll just like stuff all my leftovers into your carry-on. Carry-on. Yeah. Yeah. Nice, nice. Uh... I am heading to Calgary this week to, or this weekend, to uh, go to a company barbecue and meet up with a bunch of uh, gunnies in the Calgary area. Cool. Um, get some stuff traded out and buying some stuff off some people and all that kind of stuff. Uh, and then, so Cabela's has a sale right now on the Stevens shotgun. They had one before; it was two fifty, and that was, but that was just the one. That had the, just the one barrel, the 28-inch barrel. For yeah. 299 they have the one that has the 28-inch barrel and the 18-and-a-half-inch barrel. So where are you going after the show? <sighs> well, Cabela's closes at 7, so I think I'm going to buy it while we're on the show because mm. uh, I'll do the buy and local pickup thing. Or maybe I'll get the free sh – if they have free shipping, I'll just get that. Anyways, I'm going to buy a shotgun. And then have it delivered to your neighbor's. <laughs> that might be a different conversation uh, if they crack that bad boy open. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God, it's a gun. Yeah. Oh yes. Well, it's just, uh, just just a shotgun. It's no big deal. Don't look That's inside it's my Alberta. place. Yeah. Uh, try not to try not to look too closely while moving in, and, and I finally do get all that stuff uh, transferred. But. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's basically it for me. I'm still I'm still a bit in limbo, but next week maybe, next week, next week. How about you, Kelly? Well, I spent. It's been two weeks. Has it been two weeks since I've been on? No. Yes, I can't remember. When was the last time I was on? I wasn't on last week, was I? No. It was just one week off, I think. Okay. Yeah. My days are all running together. So, uh, yeah. So I just wanted to tell you guys that she shoots. Uh, 
a lot of people are asking about it. It's available now on all the podcast streams. So go and do that. But also look at the uh, YouTube channels. You can find those on Lady Guns and also on QSOFA as well. So uh, people have been reaching out to me and asking where to find it. So I just want to let you know. Also on uh, the next episode, episode four, is coming out on April 12th. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, we're going to have some ladies on to talk about IPSIC and IDPA. Woohoo. Awesome, eh? Yeah, uh, I spent uh, every Tuesday night. Now we're having meetings about it specifically. So we're developing uh, the year and we pretty much narrowed that down all the episodes and we're uh, talking to uh, like our guests. We're arranging those and then we're getting we're doing some prep. Unlike us, we actually do prep for that that show. So. <laughs> um the shows are good so or i'm hoping they're gonna be good and we're growing our audience as well too so that's awesome uh what else have been doing maple seed 24 7 basically so adriel was talking about having amazon come to his door well amazon's coming to my door every day they're losing packages as well so i have to reorder some of the packages that are supposed to be coming to my door uh so i got a lot of stuff for supplies basically so that it can send out to all of our shoot bosses across the country and then i have stuff for the trailer coming in and the specific stuff for me i got new gel cups for my my peltors so i'm so excited because did you get the real ones or did you get the the knockoff ones that i i oh, used no. i i get the real ones my ears are worth that they don't last <laughs> as long nice they're not yeah, as cushy either i think they are anyway, you have used the other ones well just hold on I've been using the same gel cups for two and a half years, actually. So I'm going to switch them out and it's going to be like the ones I have on right. Well, not right now, but when I usually go to the range that I can wear my, I can wear my uh, ears for 12, 13 hours with no problem because of the gel cups and they're great. But with but the they, new ones, they flatten out the, H, so the HY80s. They flatten out too badly. No, they're fine. As I said, mine didn't even last. It mine only last a year, and, okay. and they were they were obliterated. They're flattened have, out to nothing. That's because you have a big head and it squeezes. <laughs> maybe, maybe that was part of it. Maybe, but I'm going to switch mine out with the new ones, and then the spare set that I have, the spare peltors. I'm going to switch out the old gels onto them so that people can use them too. Anyways. Uh, yeah, so uh, not only that, uh, we have Maple Seed calls every week, and I've also been doing uh, instructor development. So uh, in Ontario, I'm trying to develop our full instructors and get them on board to be shoot bosses so that we can catch up to Alberta. So we're trying to do that as well. Ontario events, Ontario events are being posted soon. We have a plethora that are about to be released and with more coming in, and we're also some of them are already sold out. Uh, and then we also have some new clubs on board too. So this is all exciting. And if people want to have an event in Ontario, then they should actually just email me. And we'll talk about that in the event section. Uh, also, Ladies' Day, I did a, well, I did a Ladies' Day at, um, it's a QSIF event. So Carlton University put on a Ladies' Day and they did it on Sunday. And then it was sponsored by, CUSIF, which is the Canadian University Shooting Federation, but I came down and I helped out from the CUSIF Women's Division and then also from Project Maple Seed as well. So we had a bunch of ladies come out. It was awesome. 
they tried all kinds of different things that they normally wouldn't they normally wouldn't try. We actually had somebody set up a amazing and I do mean amazing uh, historical display as well. So he was taking all of his personal um, personal rifles that he is collected. He's a collector and he put them out and he gave a great description of each one of them as well. So uh, yeah, but college is a, a fantastic time for experimentation. Correct. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anyways, the ladies had a great time. They really, really did. And so I wanted to give a shout out to Kareem, who is the vice president of the Carlton University Shooting uh, Club. He organized this uh, last minute. Uh, it was like we were thinking of each other because Kareem's actually one of them. Project Maple Seeds instructors as well. And I said, I know that you're actually planning this. Do you need some help? And he says, I was literally typing saying, Kelly, can you come and help with us? So I brought down a crew as well. I brought down the Kellys, obviously Kelly Kincaid and her husband came out as well. And we had a great time and we met some, we met some new ladies that uh, are really excited about shooting and yeah, we're going to do it again. So I just, uh, yeah, I did actually get out shooting kind of. Well, kind of. Anyways, um, and that's it. So, Kyle, what about you? Oh, well, shot uh, Superstition last weekend. The match didn't go anywhere where I expected or wanted it to go. I know. My, uh, mm-hmm. my performance wasn't there. Took a few penalties that I didn't want to take, but mm-hmm. did. And I struggled a little bit on the long range. A few makeup shots that didn't want to. And then... Well, when you shoot a match, it helps if your rifle stays running for the entirety of the match. Hmm. So yeah, on Saturday, halfway through a stage, I had rifle go down. Mm-mm. The pin walked out of the extractor. Well, the extractor pin walked out, not letting the bolt actually go into the bolt carrier to actually go to full lock. Fix that. Next day, it was really weird the next day. It just would not go into battery. The first time, it's like it was going against a spring. So something's getting bound up in there. Went down two more day, two more times on Sunday. And so I ended up getting a loaner rifle for the last two stages. So at least I could shoot the last two stages and semi-decent. But so yeah, that WK is about ready to go to a metal crusher because I'm fed no. up with it. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, it, anyways, it was still a super fun match. I we're, really wish that the rifle had stayed running, but because it, it was the stages were awesome, bunch of memory stages and cool. not, But yeah, my performance was way, way, way down. Uh, but while we were there, I was able to take out some aggression from the WK out on a full auto PKM and AK forty or seventy four suppressed and a Glock eighteen C. So awesome! Full auto action. Yeah. Pro tip: Don't when you're shooting a PKM, don't grip the forward bipod because I took every piece of brass into my arm. Oh. This <laughs> oh. <laughs> is like okay. Yeah, I'll just grip that front bipod and get into it and it worked except for I took pretty much every piece of brass in my arm so (laughs) (laughs) but that was fun Uh, while I was there I was able to talk to Timney and actually confirmed my continued sponsorship with them so that was cool actually got a new we'll call it handler 
at Timney, and she seems <laughs> actually really, really awesome. She's cool. she's amazing. Uh, so she got Craig a tour of Timney. So we did that Monday. Went took a took a tour of Timney, and they've definitely added machines. Oh, cool. EDM machines. I love their and goodness. yeah, they're. I'm trying out the DH3 this weekend for the first time, and awesome. that trigger. Calvin Elite's good, but this DH3, whew, it's nice. Okay. But uh, Jill also hooked up uh, tours of Strategic Armory Corps. Cool. So that's where McMillan Art Rifles, yeah. Armalite Rifles, Surgeon Rifles, and AWC uh, silencers are made. So we got to tour that, and that was pretty cool how they it, – it's quite the setup and is not as big as you would think. And I guess they're putting out like one to three thousand rifles a month. Wow! So, what about suppressors? How many they how many are they processing? I you didn't ask. I didn't ask. Okay. I got to hold a fifty cal suppressor, both the baffles and the completed <laughs> unit, and that well, was awesome. cool. <laughs> Very cool. But, yeah. And while there, actually, I I talked to them, and they're actually considering on doing the one eighty. Oh, really? They're, huh. toying, they're toying around with the idea. And I said, if you guys make mm. it 180 and ship them to Canada, you'll people all over. Because an Armalite 180, mm-hmm. yeah. Got yeah. to held an original Armalite 180. That was cool. Oh, cool. All stamped steel and that. Hmm. But, yeah, so that was basically Phoenix. And, awesome. well, while we were touring... Timney, like I had asked them if they happened to have a rifle because my rifle went down and I really don't want to fight with it this weekend. So Jill actually hooked me up with one of the old team rifles. Cool. And now with the laws, got on the phone with Aaron Hayes, used his FFL, so she shipped it to Aaron Hayes and I met up with him today and picked up the okay, rifle, cool. got my optic put on it, sighted in. So so, awesome. I got really? AR, so I got an AR to run for this weekend, which is Awesome. <laughs> you get to compete with an AR? Oh, that's I so do. cool. Yeah. Lucky. Lucky. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we spent some time in uh, San Antonio, checked out the Alamo and Riverwalk. And that. It's that a lot smaller cool. than you think, guy. It is. Yeah. Yeah. But I love it. Yeah, it is. A lot and of history. And cool, too. It is. Are you still there? Some good. No, we're uh, two hours east. So we left San Antonio okay. this morning and we're. I'm in Columbus, Texas right now. Okay, so cool. 15 minutes from the range for Big Tech's multi-gun championship, which I start shooting tomorrow morning. Awesome. Okay. So, yeah, we with drove an, here. With an AR. Some, yeah, with an AR. <laughs> yeah, with an AR. <laughs> that works. So, Hopefully. Just in your passenger side, just, yeah. in, just on the seat. Just strapped in with the yeah. seatbelt. Just yeah, hanging on, go. just loaded, fully loaded, just sitting right next to you. But as yeah, it, it was as interesting because be. they had to send it to an FFL. They couldn't just hand me the rifle. Yeah, at they the, can't. Yeah. So, but yeah, so we walked some stages awesome. today. It's going to be a cool. It's going to be a cool match. Pretty interesting. There's three jungle runs. So, oh wow! And then long range out to 600 meters. So or 600 yards. But yeah, that's. I, and as I said last week, but it's a brief kind of outline of what's this last week has been for me. How about you, Mo? 
Uh, for me, this weekend is going to be the Montreal Indoor Challenge, which is the level three. Originally, I wasn't going to shoot it because I was supposed to be away this weekend, but the plans got canceled. So I just got a spot today and I'll be shooting on Sunday. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. It's, it's going to be 12, 12 stages. Um, and then I'm probably going to go on, on Saturday to help out as well. Um, and then cause I had actually had a match to do, then I started try firing again. So I've been doing it. Uh, I did some yesterday and today and I'll just keep up, keep it up until Sunday. Um, at the top of this hour, I'm going to be registering for the Ontario provincials cause it's going live very soon. So that should be fun. That's going to be towards the end, uh, end of June. Nice. And, um, yeah, so that's going to be good. Uh, and then I just uh, I reloaded some some ammo today to be ready for for Sunday. How much did you do? <laughs> it, was a, it was it was another small batch, but I actually I ran out of brass too, so that was oh, another. Okay. I, I I couldn't make more than uh, I ran out of brass, so I was like, okay, <laughs> I guess that's all I'm going to make for today, right? Yeah. Um, and. Uh, that's really it. I I didn't I didn't do too much more than that. So okay, all right. Kind of, sounds like you sounds like you're actually getting prepared for the summer as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, and now and now Jarrett, that's watching the show, is like kind of twisting my arm to sign up for another level three that I wasn't going to do because that's at the beginning of June. Yeah, uh, and then there was another match that weekend, so now I might actually do it on the Thursday. So awesome. But that's <laughs> driving to uh, uh, Waterloo. Which is quite oh, the, quite yeah, the distance from me. Yeah, it's not too far from family, but it's still pretty far yeah. from where I am. So. But you'll have fun, so you can just do it. Yeah, but if Kyle can go to Arizona and Texas, I guess I can go to <laughs> Waterloo, Ontario. It's not the end yeah. of the world, right? So no, that's true. Yeah. It's just All a day right. trip. <laughs> just a day trip. Yeah, it is. Well, it's a day trip for him too. Yeah, he just flies and you just drive. Yeah, so. it's a it's a log day trip. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. All right. Thank you, guys. Let's get into upcoming events. Uh, upcoming events is sponsored by Telos Alpha. Telos, I can't even talk. Telos Alpha. Telos Alpha is a Canadian digital agency that works exclusively in the firearms vertical. They help with business processes, the strategic planning, with websites, e-commerce, and battling the stigma the industry carries with banks, merchant processors, and social media. So go on over to telosalpha.com to find out more and how they can help you. So let's get into some of the events like I was talking about. Project Maple Seed has some events that have been released or are about to be released as well. I think Adriel is going to be releasing some for Ontario tonight. So pay attention to your emails. Uh, so also uh, BTSA, which is in uh, in Calgary, and Drum Heller are being released or have been released as well. So pay attention to that and sign up because they do sell it quickly. Uh, another event that we have that's coming up is tactics training uh, group courses are happening. So they have a basic pistol and rifle class March. Nope, that already happened. Nope, that's this weekend. Sorry, March 26th. Uh, and it's in the Colby Shooting Center in Waterloo. They also have an intermediate pistol and rifle class on March 3rd. That's going to be happening at the Rock Cuck Shooting Club in Powassan. I don't know. I think it is Paul Watson, uh, Ontario. And then they also have a, a basic pistol and rifle class on April 8th. And that's happening at the Urban Tactical in Brantford, Ontario. You can check them out at 
tactexgroupinc.com for details and also to register for those as well. Uh, let's get in to uh, the news. So, news. we have a couple of things that people have put in. Who wants to put this thing in about ATF? Yeah, so the ATF declared the FRT or the forced reset triggers to be uh, machine guns. What? Mm-hmm. I did not hear that. Where I just saw it on Facebook earlier today. Are you sure it's true? Because everything on Facebook's true, right? Mm. <laughs> well, this has been fact no. by Facebook, so... No, I'm not sure. I'm actually not sure. Okay. It might be conjecture. Are you talking about like the bi- binary triggers? like the No, no the no, forced reset. The forced reset ones like push forward. So if you just continuously pull back, it's like full auto. There, oh. It's not a thing in Canada. Our our, our laws okay. aren't written in a way that, that allow us to use those or binary yeah. triggers. You okay. did say that. It's not a, it's not about us. Not but... applicable to Canadians. Correct. Okay. Okay. Maybe okay. not even true. Yeah. F- FYI, Americans. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. So, Spencer, Maybe. can you look into that for us and send us an email next week? Thanks. Uh, or, you know. Anyone else who's listening that's from the U.S.? Uh, so we got another thing in here. <laughs> so the liberals and the NDP. The unholy alliance is written here. So mm. we've seen a little bit of, of it today in the House of Commons. Mm. So let's talk about that a little bit. Or do we want to wait until we get our guests on? We're going to cover it. Hmm. Hmm. We've got a lot of topics to talk about with our guest. This yeah, is true. one of them. Uh, I, I, I guess like as, as far as gun owners go, um, the NDP was already voting a lockstep That's with the Liberals, even when they were they're like, this doesn't go far enough. They would still vote with them. So I don't, I don't think anything will change on the speed of uh, of things moving forward. Um, this is more for I don't know other big government spending things right. to, to get pushed the, forward. The, the socialist agenda. Yeah, yeah. The, the, <laughs> I don't think it'll affect the the speed at which or lack of speed uh, at which they uh, they ban guns. Yeah, I'm just wondering how many NDP who people who voted NDP are okay with selling their soul to the devils, and then also you know their integrity is worth shit. Just yeah, you're, like, <laughs> they do whenever they vote. So yeah, I know. But what I'm saying is because when I did go in and I read, I read what actually was to take place. It's an agreement, and the NDP can actually withdraw at any time. But they actually had. A couple of key points that they, the liberals had to support, or the prime minister had to support, basically the liberals. And if they, it's four key points basically. And if they were going to agree to those, then they would actually come on side. It's a coalition. They're saying it's not a coalition, but it is a coalition. Let's be real. Coalition. So they already, they already had a de facto like support for them. So this, and, and this isn't even putting it into paper because. Uh, they can back out at any time. It's really right. just going to result in um, anytime the liberals want to pass something, they'll also have to pass like something for the NDP. So it'll, right. be, it'll be a lot more government spending for the, for the next little bit. Mm. I, I can't see it affecting gun owners any more than it already has. Which no, it, it, it I, has, I, I agree but, with you, mm-hmm. but I also see that it actually will affect us with other things too. Yeah. So, yeah. and we saw that today. Just. Anyways, okay. I didn't follow. I didn't follow the news today. Was there anything that happened um, today? No, there's. Well, there's House Commons every day where they vote on uh, passing bills and legislation. So, anyways, 
spending Everybody. more of my tax money. That's all I know that they're doing. Yes, that's exactly like, it. Or not allowing us, not allowing us a break on like things like taxes. Oh, the gas, yeah, the gas, gas tax. And, yeah, we're getting like some that. sort of refund, some like Ralph bucks, basically. Yeah, but that's provincial. Here. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, I'm pissed. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> June 4th. Let's get into that. So June 4th is National Range Day. If you need ideas, you can actually go to uh, nationalrangeaday.ca. It's, let's be real. It's put on by the CCFR. But they uh, have the ability, you have the ability to sign up for it, register your event as well. Uh, there's going to be some support there. As I said, there's ideas in that too, so that you can put your range day together. And it Post pictures, social media, invite your friends. I think we should have hot dogs. I think we should have cotton candy, clowns, etc. And then shoot. That way they can see that, you know, we're normal people. I'm doing a three-gun match. Are you? Good and we're going to have a maple seed on that day as well, cool. I believe. So originally it was supposed to have a maple seed on that day, but it's got moved. So I'm going to have to figure out what I'm going to do. Another maple seed. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. if anybody's listening, they want to fill that day, or I'm going to talk to my range and see if they, what they want to do. Okay. So, speaking of the CCFR, uh, the CCFR legal fund donations. You know what? Let's be real. Uh, we have the extension, but they still need our help. So, uh, it's basically, a massive, massive uh, cost to actually take our government to court. So. Uh, it's more important than ever to become a member uh, or also donate to the legal fund. You can actually send an EMT to finance at firearmsrights.ca or just go over to at the CCFR page and become a member as well and then donate and buy merchandise and then tell them we sent you, sent you too. Yeah, that's been it. Uh, okay. Bolt Action Coffee. We're going to get into the gun stuff, but before we do, we're going to talk a little bit about Bolt Action Coffee. Uh, we are ambassadors of... We're brand ambassadors for Bolt Action Coffee, by the way. And, but, okay, coffee. I need coffee to function. I didn't have enough of it today. Can you tell? Yes. No? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> yes, you're a mess. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. All right, anyways. So we are brand ambassador for Bolt Action Coffee. We decided to become brand ambassadors because it's a really good company. It's run by veterans. And the coffee is top-notch as well so go on over to boltactioncoffee.com use the discount code slamfire all one word capital letters and you can have it sent to your home and you can have a coffee with us let post pictures by the way tag us let us know that you're drinking this stuff and we'll post pictures of us drinking it too and then we can actually have a coffee together in the morning and not actually see each other God, I need like, a do we want to see each other in the morning? <laughs> no, no, we don't. You don't want to see no. me in the morning or before a coffee. <laughs> Anyways, I, I tend to be grumpy. All right. New gun stuff. Why don't we get into that, Adriel? Yeah, sure. So last week we talked about uh, Wolverine Supplies was announcing something. We we're trying to guess what they were, and they were M48 Yugo Mausers. Uh, these are Yugoslavian Mausers in eight millimeter, eight millimeter Mauser. Yeah, yeah. Is it? That's the Mauser. That's the <clears throat> Mauser caliber, I believe. Uh, yeah. So they've got those. And uh, let me see if I've got some photos. Oh, I have some photos of them. And they have. Uh, they have a couple. Yeah. 
There we go. Oh God. Yeah, they got a couple. Oh, wire racks. I These are cool rifles. I dare them to post it on like their social media page or just regular social media and watch people lose their ever living mind. Mm-hmm. They did. Oh, they, these are they, look at all the wood. This isn't like this isn't no. made to kill. This is a hunting rifle. No. That's it's not a military rifle made to kill people. They're ever living no. mine. <laughs> oh, I kind of wish I would have bought these when they were uh, four forty. I think Marstar had them in, but that was oh. like eight years ago. Yeah. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, these look good though. The, like the condition on them looks good. Look at that stamped steel butt plate. Nice. Yep. Anyways, that's those. What is, uh, what, what is it? Seven? Seven millimeter? Eight mil Mauser. Eight mil? Okay. Eight mil Mauser. Bigger. Better. Better. I don't know if, I don't know if you guys saw this, but uh, Tactical Imports is bringing in a rotary 410 shotgun pistol thingy. Uh, <laughs> it's got like... So you remember that, that short over under that I had that I, I showed on, on camera. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they got the, they got the 410 revolver version now. And, uh, it's pretty wild. wild. Fascinating. Uh, where, okay. So I'm just going to ask where is it just for fun? Is it what, how application of it? What can we use? It for? Uh, okay. So it's do? very compact. So you yeah. could use it to, uh, for bear defense, I guess, 410 slugs. That's true. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. And Backpack. they sell yep. a holster. You can buy a holster with it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Which it'll be a large holster. It'll be like one of them <laughs> holster kind of things, but uh, it is holsterable. It's, it's hey, Mo, the same thing as throwing yeah. one of these over your back, right? Not many yeah. bear around where I am, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Still. Just in case. Just in case. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even going to go there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw uh, this, this too. It's not Canadian, but I had to show I it. It looks so cool. I want one of these. I know. Uh, Matador Arms, that. yeah, they released their Montgo 9, which is a blowback 9mm upper receiver mm-hmm. with no buffer. Yep. So it's foldable, and uh, it's very compact. I like the uh, the fact that their receiver is nice and compact, simple. Yeah. Forward charging handle on it. Oh, look how short the barrel is. I know. Mm. Those are friends mm-hmm. down in the U.S. Matador Arms. Be very nice. Yeah, it would be. That'd be very nice. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Wolverine Supply has got a new website. Uh, their last one, I used something weird. The search and browse and stuff was always kind of a little bit slow. Yeah. Uh, the new one, no, the new one's fast. It's it nice. Just, like does the stuff. Yeah. So I just noticed that when I was looking at the Ugos oh. there. And, oh yeah. Uh, so I'm interested in. Okay. You saw some ammo you were interested in? What did I click? Mm-hmm. Where was the ammo? Oh, some Aguila. <laughs> mm. Yeah. Mm. Mm. The 60 grain <laughs> sniper <laughs> stuff with the, yeah. the tiny little short case on it. That stuff's so super interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's super fast. That's great. Yeah. And then Tactical Imports has the TPR9, the Bursa TPR9 in stock. Uh I don't know why you'd want one of these, but uh, they do look kind of neat. Some people have a soft part, so, soft spot in their heart for Bursa handguns, and uh, they got them. So that's kind of interesting. So go, go down a little bit. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Down mm-hmm. further. Further. One more. There you go. 
Look at that grip. It's a fatty. No grip zone on it. That's the disappointing part. Yeah. Gotta get the grip zone. Yeah. No. I just uh, noticed how fatty it is. It's very fat. Mm-hmm. Kind of like it's a Berenonite too, kind of a look, hey? Yeah. Okay. And then uh, Frontier Firearms has some sub-2000s inbound. So if you've been looking for a sub-2000, watch Frontier Firearms. They'll have them. Do they have the... so spotty getting in. They'll be in by the 31st, which is uh, in six days. Do they have days. a price on it? Next week. No. Not, nothing. Yeah, no okay. price. All right. Yeah, Keltec stuff is, is like few and far between getting in Canada and... Uh, when it comes in, you basically have to, because like, I don't know if you guys have seen this, but when Keltec stuff comes in, it comes in, it's gone within a month. And then for the next 11 months of the year, we don't see it again, just because yeah. they primarily service the American market and uh, we just get the scraps. Yes. We're the poor cousins to the north. Well, everything, actually, we are with all firearm stuff, now, right? So. Yeah. 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 Okay. So, um, well, our guest is not here yet. So why don't we actually just move on to the show? And then when he does get in, come, we'll, uh, we'll plug him in. All right. If you want to make it easy for me to edit, you just go, let's get on to the main topic. I can do that too. <laughs> and welcome back to the show, Ian of Runkle of the Bailey. You've been on before a couple of times, but uh, maybe in case people uh, don't remember, you're on YouTube. Where, where else are you at? Uh, I'm on Locals, uh, Twitter, um, What's local? I guess Facebook as well, um, all sorts of places. But YouTube what? is the main one. That's where I post uh, post the videos. And although also lo- YouTube and Locals are sort of where you can see the video content. Is Locals like a YouTube competitor? Um, not really. They're kind of a community sort of thing. And I need to put more stuff there to sort of... Uh, have more of a community, but it's kind of an alternative. Some people don't want to watch uh, videos through YouTube because they don't like them. And so it gives them an alternative where I can post videos and host them there. So it's an option. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. I haven't, uh, I haven't heard of that one or tried it. Um, but uh, we've got a couple of topics that, uh, that we might dig into here because uh, you've got kind of this, uh, this interesting legal opinion and you've already done videos on some of these things that have just rapidly developed. So uh, <laughs> uh, maybe just to, fir- to, to start with, uh, recently we've heard that the, uh, the government is extending the amnesty. Mm-hmm. Uh, any, any thoughts on this off the top of your head? Well, uh, first people have been like, why are they extending it? Well, obviously it's because they haven't got the buyback in line yet. They uh, they seem to have had no plans for how they were going to actually do that. And uh, they keep floating different ideas and uh, they still haven't figured it out. So they obviously need more time and that's what that's about. But also they've essentially, they haven't just extended it. They've also uh, basically... Uh, tried to fix a bunch of problems with it and all of their fixes uh, well a couple of their fixes are probably a good idea um a bunch of their fixes really don't actually accomplish what they want to accomplish so it's still not great um like they seem to have had the idea that sighting in a rifle is something you take a gunsmith or you take the rifle to the gunsmith to do (laughs) and i don't know a whole lot of gunsmiths who will perform a sighting in other than like a rough bore scope or something like that. But 
in terms of actually getting it on a target, that's something you do at the range, which they still don't permit. So they say you can take it to a gunsmith for sighting in, but it's still not clear if uh, indigenous hunters who have been sort of nominally covered under this uh, exception can actually make use of the exception in any in any fashion. So that's still a, a giant disaster. Um, you just you get target target practice on the moose. Pretty much. I guess you have to shoot at the moose, dial the scope. Shoot at the moose, dial oh, the scope. Just walk it in, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'd hope that the moose is real patient. Uh, yeah. Maybe practice on small game first. You get some grouse, <laughs> you get some like chickadees or whatever, and you just see if you can hammer one of them. No, I'm yes. hunting. Sorry, I'm hunting right now. But actually, you're yeah. you know, sitting there with your 270 or something uh, on a <laughs> on a grouse. <laughs> your BCL 102 and 308. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> yeah, I feel like yeah, that's that weird. Would, uh, <laughs> oh, it's it's just such a weird uh, sort of set of circumstances, but. Uh, it really, I think, indicates that there's not anybody who actually shoots or hunts uh, making these decisions. And, yeah. Yeah, I think, um, well, I mean, uh, so, so some people can't shoot accurately enough to trust themselves to sight in a rifle. But usually what you see is, like, you're at the range and someone's, like, not grouping very well. And they're like, ah, can you take a crack at this? And uh, and they, they ask someone who, who they believe to be a better uh, uh, marksman to uh, to take the shots and and see if they get any better of a grouping, right? Yeah, and but I mean, a lot of sighting in is just people take it to the range. I mean, uh, at the Chaz range, they always have sort of a sighting in clinic every, uh -huh. just before hunting season. And, you know, that's really useful if you're not familiar with it or you don't have, you know, it's really nice if you've got a uh, they call it a spotting scope so that you can assist with all that. Yeah. A lot of people don't own one. So um, all of that's fantastic. But, you know, even if you're not doing that, you're going off to the range on your own and you're just, you know, adjusting, shoot, adjust, shoot. And somebody might be doing that with like a mini 30 or a mini 14 or theoretically, you know, all sorts of things. So, uh, it's still going to be really difficult, especially because mm -hmm. uh, if you start doing that at a range right now, I suspect that, uh, you know, the range might have opinions about what you're up to because they're not going to know if you're covered under this or not. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, you know, to the range, it's like, is this guy doing what he's supposed to or is this somebody who I should be reporting? Because the range themselves uh, runs the risk of losing their sort of accreditation if they're allowing, you know, activities that are not uh, permitted. You know, if they let you show up with an AR-15 and start shooting, um, they could probably get into uh, trouble where they're trying to pull the range, uh, like the range's license to operate. So, mm -hmm. uh, problems. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty big risk. Uh, pretty big risk there. Anything else that you saw in that amnesty that was kind of weird? Oh, well, they, there's a whole bunch of sort of random little bits. And uh, the uh, they, st they still haven't fixed that uh, the aspect of, uh, what do you call it, the uh, 
Sorry, my brain is still struggling to uh, catch up. I just finished a long day in court. But um, it for this is, again, for indigenous hunting, where it says uh, that you, ha- you can use the rifle to hunt um, so long until you can acquire another mm-hmm. um, rifle. And I'm like, how would you ever show that you couldn't acquire another rifle during that time? Um, so if you were found hunting with your Mini 14 or Mini 30, uh, you'd have to show that you couldn't buy another hunting rifle. Uh, that I would never want to be trying to make that argument in court because you'd have them sitting there going, well, you know, couldn't you buy some used, you know, used beat up three or something like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I was going to say like an SKS or a Lee Enfield, but those are way expensive now. But yeah. uh, I mean, there's still some, you know, cheap uh, savages and so forth that you could possibly get. And especially um, the court's not going to understand the difference between like a, your hunting gun that you've been using for years and are comfortable with. And I've got it just dialed in the way you like and all of this. Versus like some shot out $200, you know, parts gun that's been put up on Canadian gun nuts. And I wouldn't want to be sitting there arguing in court about, well, yes, you can find all these guns on this online, you know, site. But, you know, how do you know that this is actually a a usable, useful firearm, you know? And they'd be like, oh, look, no, the bore is nice and smooth on this rifle. So it's a perfectly (laughs) great... And yeah, yeah, it's just uh, it's just difficult. The other thing is, uh, as nece- like permit a person to carry out repairs or adjustments as necessary for safety reasons. Um, if you're having a scope mounted, is that necessary for safety reasons? If your gun is jammed, um, is that like let's say your hunting rifle, which they're saying that you can now take to a gunsmith to have fixed. Um, let's say it just wedges and you can't fire it. Well, is that fixing it for safety purposes or is it actually more safe when it's already broken? It's, uh, this is written in such a way that it's just, uh, all of these purported exceptions are a giant, um, disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, another funny one is the aspect of the bank of Canada because the bank of Canada has, uh, they apparently use ARs to defend the Bank of Canada and they weren't included in the previous amnesty. So uh, now that they've amended it, it's become clear that they can use them. But for a time, apparently they just had to keep those in storage. So, you know, I joked that it was a great time to rob the Bank of Canada the last couple of years because a bunch of their guns had to be locked up and nobody could use them. Mm. Um, you don't you don't rob the Bank of Canada. The Bank of Canada robs you. Well, mm. that <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, apparently, they also had to clarify it that uh, gunsmiths weren't apparently entitled to take possession of these guns for the purposes of deactivating them. <laughs> I'm like, this is such a big mistake, right? You want people to deactivate these guns, and the gunsmiths weren't allowed. Because there's plenty of gunsmiths who aren't allowed to do anything with prohibited firearms. And so people were calling up the gunsmith going, hey, can you take my AR and deactivate it? And the gunsmith says, nope, not touching it. Mm -hmm. 
So all of these things just kind of tell you that this, uh, that the original band was done in a real hurry, that uh, they didn't take the time to think any of this out. And I suspect that there wasn't a single gun owner in the room uh, just to say like, Hey guys, um, what about this situation? Did you think about this? Cause um, it might be a bit of a problem. Or I mean, like, they just didn't spend any time in the last two years to figure out how it would work too. Cause they, they, yeah. they, they, did, they did contract IBM out and IBM like gave some, like lots of different suggestions on how things could work, but they didn't go with any of them or really just figure it out. They just didn't, didn't spend any time on figuring it out. Well, and part of the problem is that they're trying to uh, placate some special interest groups as well as manage the actual practical impl- you know, aspects of things. And so every time they have an idea for how they're going to deal with all of these guns that they've banned, um, Polly turns around and says, well, we're not happy. Um, and then the government goes, oh, well, if Polly's not happy, then we're not happy. And, uh, and then we end up with them going, okay, well, we're going back to the drawing board. And like, this is, it's becoming a bit of a circus. <laughs> Always was, always was. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and one that's, uh, that's not necessarily gun-related, but kind of is when it comes to you and I, is uh, is C11 as it's as it's coming out. Uh, oh, God, that's going to be such a, a disaster. Um, so, so part for, of what... For people have, who haven't heard, um, C11, it's trying to assert CRTC control over more content like YouTube and podcasts yeah. and that kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, and make Canadians force Canadians to consume more Canadian content. So they have this idea that uh, like YouTube and so forth isn't showing Canadians enough Canadian content, which is actually bullshit because, and I don't know if I can swear on this, but I guess it's a little... You can. That. You just yeah. did. <laughs> you can. But uh, the when you actually look at the numbers, uh, in terms of monetized channels, Canadians are at something like 125% of what you'd expect based on our population, which means that Canadians are punching way above our weight class on mm-hmm. YouTube. Uh, there are more Canadian content providers and more successful Canadian content providers than you'd expect based on our population, which is, Mm -hmm. you know, there's not a whole lot of us, relatively speaking, but uh, we're doing quite well. And there are some great channels out there. I've, uh, I think uh, there's uh, Linus Tech Tips is a, is a really big one in the tech sphere. Hacksmith, a lot of people have watched. That's that. Those guys are Canadians. uh, Scalagrim, I think is also Canadian. Yep. Um, yeah. You know, there's some really big names who get really, you know, Scalagrim's 1.49 million. Um, Linus Tech Tips. I'm just pulling that up. Just yeah, a pile. Speak. Just a pile. Um, 14 ABE. and a half yep. million. Mm-hmm. You know, I would love to have those numbers, but it's never going to happen. Uh, I just don't have that kind of broad appeal. Uh, but we're doing real well. And mm-hmm. so this notion that we need to start meddling with this is uh, really a problem, especially because what's going to end up happening is they're going to basically force YouTube to uh, to tinker with their metric or with how they promote content. Mm-hmm. And so there's two aspects to this. One is 
what gets declared Canadian content? Because right now the process for that involves a whole lot of paperwork and it involves certifying the Canadian status of people like your director, um, your director of photography. Who's my director of photography? Is that me or do I need to have multiple people in order to, because I mean, I'm a one man show. Once in a while, I'll have somebody else on the show, but you know, generally if something's getting done, it's got to be me doing it. And I'm guessing you're, you know, largely the same and so forth. Um, so am I not going to be able to qualify because I don't have enough people? That's not clear. No. Uh, it also requires an application process and paying fees and doing accounting because you have to show that your expenditures are uh, largely happening here in Canada, mm-hmm. which is great if you're a big production like if you're filming corner gas and you're doing a whole bunch of you know stuff on scene but for me my costs are basically like if i drink a scotch on a video that's the largest expense is that glass of scotch so if i end up going and i want to talk about you know hey i bought some great you know shotgun shell dummies you can see this one says dummy, just in case you guys uh, have, you know, rules about handling ammunition on streams. But, uh, you know, if I want to talk about that and this comes from an American company, well, now that blows my whole budget into entirely the United States. Uh-huh. And when I have my outro music, it comes from an Australian company, all of this. So it might actually be quite difficult for me to get certified as Canadian content especially given that a lot of the stuff I'm talking about is very quick turnaround. Like when, you know, when something happens, I often do a video on it in the next few days. Well, if it takes them six weeks to come back to me, I'm not getting certified. And almost the entire, uh, if you look at the curve of viewership, you see that it's basically everybody in the first week watches your video. And then after that, they trickle in. And there's a few videos that continue to climb slowly over time, but largely you get almost all of the viewership in that first week. Uh-huh. So if you're getting pushed down in the rankings in that first week, that video is probably done and dead by the time you get that certification in. Um, the other thing is that it can actually be really harmful if you do get pushed up. And that's because YouTube tracks um, how many people clicked your thumbnail how many people watch your video and for how long. And they use that to determine if your channel is good and whether it should be shown to more people or whether you kind of suck and should be buried. So uh, if they're showing my thumbnail, you know, for my video to a whole bunch of people who are uninterested in my content, just because they happen to be sitting, you know, on a screen in Canada somewhere, what I'm going to, what we're going to see is suddenly my click through rate plummets because instead of showing this to people that might be interested in legal topics or firearms topics uh they might be showing it to a bunch of canadian vegans who are like screw this guy we hate you know i don't want to watch a a lawyer talk about firearms law and then it looks to youtube like my channel kind of sucks and so they're going to promote it less particularly say outside of canada um or they show it to somebody and those people click the thumbnail and then immediately realize that I'm not for them and click away. And so now my viewership has this, you know, 
curve of people immediately start watching and stop watching. And to YouTube, that's the kiss of death, that particular pattern of mm-hmm. people click and then immediately click away. Because what that tells YouTube is that you're using clickbait thumbnails that are not reflecting the content. And those kinds of videos, they don't just go, oh, this is a bad video. It can actually get your channel like flagged as basically do not uh, sh- do not show to anybody. This is a scam yeah. channel. You know, uh, Ian, one of the things I'm really worried about is, uh, okay, so the Canadian government is going to force YouTube to uh, just promote Canadian channels to Canadians inside Canada. And YouTube yeah. won't have a choice. And they're gonna, still going to work in Canada because there's still good money here. So they're going to do it. Then the Americans are going to say, hey, wait a minute. I, you are forcing Canadians to be promoted in Canada. Um, why don't you force, force Americans to be promoted in America? And the problem that I have, um, I'm not sure, like you get you, you do a lot of like really, really focused Canadian stuff. I get most of my viewership from, from the US, uh, hunting gear guy, right? Uh, yeah. A vast majority. And in terms mm-hmm. of revenue, much higher from the US than from Canada, right? even in revenue per view. Um, it is a major net loss for me if I lose more uh, Americans and gain more Canadians, huge, huge net loss for me. Yeah. Mm. And it's bound to happen because it's not, it's not a fair uh, arrangement. YouTube Canada has to promote Canadians, but then in the U S they all have to promote both as well. It's not a fair arrangement and the Americans are going to figure that out. And they're going to immediately going to start asking YouTube to downgrade the uh, Canadian recommendations in the U S it's going to end up worse for, for Canadian YouTubers. It's, it's going to hurt us. It will be a net benefit for uh, uh, like these leech programs that uh, that no one really watches that uh, that they produce here and you know uh, serve as uh, as as jobs for uh, for Canadians. But it's really not going to be doing anything to help us outside of Canada. And it's only going to help these major productions that can afford the time to put into doing all the BS paperwork. Yeah. And looking at my, uh, you know, my last 28 days here, I've got my metrics up. Uh, 70% of my viewership was Canadian, um, mm-hmm. 15% American. Um, and, you know, I've had a sort of shift to more Americans watching because I've done some, uh, you know, some appearances on some U.S. channels and so forth. But uh you're right about the the monetary thing. Uh, advertisers pay a premium for American eyeballs, and far less for Canadian eyeballs. So, I mean, if they wanted to promote more uh, more stuff, what they should do is maybe subsidize YouTube and be like, "Hey, pay some extra for Canadian eyeballs. We'll put an extra, you know, tenth of a cent on a Canadian eyeball." That would get or them just do nothing. Content. Just do nothing. Or just do nothing. I mean, Canadian, is, yeah. Canadian YouTubers are doing great. Like we're, we're our, doing our great. costs are lower and and their revenues higher. It, yeah. it, we we get paid in Canadian dollars. We earn money in American. This is a fantastic thing for Canadians. This this is a cheat code for for getting more Canadian content out there. But as soon as you meddle with this, the way that they're going to to do. It's going to yeah. hurt Canadian uh, YouTubers, whether it be gun YouTubers or uh, gun law or, or criminal defense law like yours or, or any any others. Well, and, you know, even people who are like, you know, I'm worried about the people who are anti-gun. I'm worried about the people who are, you know, whatever your content is. Um, this is going because you're quite right. The notion that the U.S. is not going to respond to this kind of protectionism is, I think, far fetched. 
we're going to see that they will, you know, start saying, well, uh, it would be entirely likely that they'd say, listen, if Canadians are going to restrict American viewership in, you know, or American channels in Canada, we're going to restrict Canadian channels one for one. And, you know, I might be okay because I'm mostly Canadian. Um, except if YouTube starts deciding that my channel is a scam channel and, and, tanks it um yeah but i mean the other thing that you might see is you might see a lot of canadian channels uh if the u.s doesn't respond like this you'll see canadian channels abandoning the canadian market because if if i'm trying to compete in canada and i am not declared canadian content and i'm getting pushed down well now it's crazy for me to focus on canadian content because I'd be focusing on an area where I'm specifically being disadvantaged. So, you know, do I start covering more American trials? That's not what I want to do. There's lots of people out there. Um, I kind of got into this so that I could do the niche of uh, providing education about Canadian law. There's not a whole lot of that out there. Yeah. Uh, and I we're really going to make that hard. And all of this is to benefit... Uh, companies like the CBC and big incumbent groups, if you've got the people to hire like a legal team and an accounting team to, to navigate this, um, great. And if you are about, um, if you have the ability, for instance, to, uh, you know, to run seasons because the, the accreditation process greatly, uh, it, you can accredit an entire season of a show at once. But you, and you can't actually start the process of applying for show oh, for accreditation until you've started filming. Well, oh really? Yeah, you can't okay. apply in advance. You have to have actually started filming. So my question is specific to us: if we have guests that are not Canadian, let's say we had Keith Garcia come up again, yeah, we wouldn't, and also because we have what's new in guns every week. Obviously, we have a lot of non-Canadian content. And it might be debatable as to whether or not you get to qualify. But the other thing is you're not going to even be able to apply until you start filming. And, you know, then they take four weeks to Make to approve decision. it. And so you can't really post stuff until then. Okay. Um, for me, my production cycle is often I record something at night um, and you know, spend however many hours. Some of my videos take, you know, six hours for me to do, but some of them I get done in like 20 minutes, including editing, you know, if it's a short video. Um, and then I post it the next day. I'm not going to be able to get that declaration in time. It's mm -hmm. such a disaster what they're proposing to do. It's going to make it so impossible for much of the content out there. Hmm. And, yeah. uh, so, like, it used to be with CanCon that you, whether it's radio stations and also TV, and that was anything like uh, CBC-driven CTV or anything like that. They had a specific, and it was a criteria just because they were receiving, receiving funding, and it's you have to actually have so much Canadian content. And now what they're doing, and a lot of people are drifting away from that. They're drifting away from mainstream TV. They're... Uh, like they're using YouTube, Netflix, et cetera. And so is this the Canadian government telling us one, what to view or two, trying to get money? Like I'm not 
Well, it's trying it's, to basically promote Canadian identity. Um, and it might have, have made they, sense. But have they doing, asked the people who are doing the production? Uh, they've asked not. some independent content creator, or some of them have appeared in committee. And people have been saying, no, don't do this. This is terrible. Hmm. Um, the idea hinged around this notion of limited airtime. Like, you know, we've only got so much radio channel bandwidth that you can actually put stations on. Uh, there's only so much TV space that you can actually have stuff on. So the concern was if we don't have this, then there's not going to be anything there. But personally, I don't listen to the radio anymore because I'm tired of hearing the one Canadian song that is somewhat of a hit <laughs> being played every 20 minutes. Um, I can't stand that. And it just makes me want You're to not avoid a that. Fan. Come on. You're not a Bieber fan? <laughs> Bieber, Bieber? I, I'm just not touching that. <laughs> Best not to. <laughs> but uh, there's so much... Uh, there's so much stuff out there and um, other groups that this will really hurt are immigrant groups, people who consume content uh, preferentially from out of country. Let's say you are a new immigrant from India and you watch entirely Indian language content um, and, you know, a lot of Bollywood shows and some of them are fantastic. Uh, you know, if that's what you want to watch, you're going to be having these channel like there's internet stations out there that play that's it you know just bollywood content and so now what the canadian government is proposing to do is to say to that station like that website listen you need to promote a certain amount of canadian content and they're going to go there isn't a whole lot of canadian bollywood content <laughs> no you gotta you gotta push anna green gables before you push the bollywood stuff sorry and so what they've proposed to do as an enforcement mechanism for that is that they will just block that site out from Canada because they're not willing to play ball. And so if you are that, you know, if you're the person who consumes that content, well, now we're looking at a censored internet and you're also being blocked from seeing stuff that is relevant to, uh, you know, to you because it's just insufficiently Canadian. Well, Personally, I think that that immigrant is Canadian and that, you know, the stuff they want to see is part of our Canadian fabric. That, you know, having people experience the world's content is part of what makes Canada great. Uh, I'm also concerned that we're just creating the infrastructure for Internet censorship, because when we say to this uh, to ISPs that they now have to set up the ability to start blocking these sites that don't cooperate, well, we've basically set up the Great Firewall of China in terms of how, you know, China censors their internet. And you better believe that they're going to want to expand what they use that for. There's already discussions uh, on different bills of doing similar things over uh, porn, where if they don't uh, sort of cooperate with Canadian age verification standards, that they're going to start blocking that out. And so what we're going to end up seeing is just all of this content that the government decides they don't like or that isn't playing yeah. ball with, you know, our our bullshit, because really that's what it comes down to. If you're, you know, a Japanese station like Internet site and Canada says you need to start hosting Canadian content, they're going to say, go 
go f yourself right this is and your like, cartoon girls have to say how old they are before they do anything <laughs> <laughs> well that gets into a whole you know but i mean oh, we man. have this whole thing where suddenly we're going to start blocking out all of the sites all around the world that are unwilling to play ball with our notion of what should be promoted um yeah they, well, they, they were talking about that in terms of the uh, they wanted to do more censorship based on uh, uh, hate speech and, and hate language. Yeah. Nothing that yeah. the, the stuff that wouldn't necessarily be breaking the law, but just stuff they didn't like. They, they'd be able to ban that stuff. C eleven with respect to firearms as well. They were talking about uh, that piece of it too. Is did you have a chance to look at that? Whether it was going to influence us? specifically and you specifically uh, talking about firearms at all so far they haven't they've sort of denied that it's going to have any content-based restrictions in c11 uh other than just like that you are canadian but once you give them a tool like this they tend to expand it it's the old thing of you know if all you've got is a hammer um whenever you give the government a hammer they start looking around for anything that they think might be nail-shaped and that gets to be a problem because these, you know, well, the, the, the Patriot Act when, when it was first brought in was uh, seemed very straightforward. But in fact, the government used it for very different things. And the Patriot Act really hurt American businesses for, for yeah. a long time. A lot, yeah. a lot of uh, Canadian businesses opted to, oh, Patriot Act, we have to host our data somewhere else. And it, yeah. so it, it very much hurt Americans uh, and American businesses because of that act Canadian one's going to have the same thing it's going to be like oh let's not host in Canada let's not like let's just avoid all of that because that looks like risk to us well and you may see you know these online video services YouTube and so forth uh, YouTube probably has the money to uh, to play the compliance game yeah mm-hmm. um, other other sites may say you know what um, this just isn't worth it to us what we're going to do instead is just block Canada. You know, Canada's not worth it. Goodbye, Canada. And so they're going to sort of the whole idea of all of this ends up being to balkanize the internet and to, you know, stuff we can see and stuff we can't. And I mean, that's shocking and kind of terrifying to me because I, you know, I like the idea that we are able to, kind of experience the whole internet that's been one of the most amazing things is being able to um, experience a variety of cultures and cultural elements out there Uh, and we're going to lose that we're going to you know the the whole promise of the internet was that it brings the world closer Mm. and now our government has said well we've seen the world closer and the problem is that really um a lot of it turns out to not be Canada. And, you know, I'm going, that's a selling point. (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I'm okay with tooting our own horn, but not, you know, cutting off our heads. I mean, if this had any potential to actually benefit us in any meaningful way, I might have a different thought about it, but, uh, at the end of the it comes, day, it comes with too many additional regulations and restrictions on it to, to make it oh. do what you actually need it to do. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, yeah. it's just not going to actually accomplish what we want in any 
all it's going to end up doing is cutting Canada off from the rest of the world and yeah. making us this weird uh, sort of, uh, you know, this weird backwater. And I can virtually guarantee that you're going to see other countries being quite upset by what Canada is doing because uh, people want to sell stuff to Canada. People have uh, cultural exports that they want to promote here. Uh, mm -hmm. And the other thing is that we don't do this to like movie theaters. Uh, we don't do this to all sorts of things. We don't do this to libraries or, no, we don't. you know, if I, I go, did if we did it to the library, the backlash. Oh, yeah. Well, and can you imagine you go to the, you know, to the movie theater and they're like, well, at least one of these movies has to be Canadian. Uh, Nobody attended. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be where the, uh, you know, where the staff okay. go to have a, they probably just declare it as like the staff lounge. Yeah. At the movie theater because nobody else is in there. But the reality I, is how many reruns of FUBAR. Yeah. How many, how many movies are made here in Canada? So, like, anyway. I mean, there's Bond Cop, Bad Cop. That was pretty good, but that was a, movie. That was a while there's, ago. There's, right? a, there's a bunch of other movies that are made in Canada because the, the government, like, has film credits and, and other yeah. various ways they pay yeah. for it. Um, which, I mean, that's that's got its own set of uh, baggage to it. I think that... and. If there was a problem, like if, if, if Canadians were drastically underrepresented on, on YouTube, maybe you'd say like, hey, YouTube, can you like, like be specific about it? YouTube, yeah. I see you not promoting Canadians and for some reason promoting Americans. Can you please fix that? But putting this blanket, like now the CRTC is going to do this for everyone, podcasts, YouTube, anything. You get you hit a certain point, now you're no longer personal. And by the way, that, that point is like really low. All of a sudden, all these extra rules apply to you and... Uh, Ugh. Ugh. Well, here's the real fun part like the real shits and giggles part is going to be OnlyFans because they haven't specified anything about uh, what type of content is on there so in theory OnlyFans is going to have to promote more Canadians <laughs> and so you know <laughs> like <Anyway>. it's <laughs> just shave a maple leaf in there somewhere and <laughs> <laughs> like, is this really you know do we not want, going there do we want to have this level Canadian. <laughs> like do we want to have this level of interference with such a broad and you know element of things where you know it's like is this porn canadian enough is this you know it just <laughs> boggles the mind that this is something that some we all we do we're very well in that idea. in that area as well though yeah. we do very well in that area <laughs> Okay, Richard went where I was going. To yeah, he stole my joke too. I was going to say something. Yeah, needs needs more beaver. Yeah. <laughs> many okay. many of the uh, most famous websites are are based in in Canada. Have their headquarters in Montreal, actually. Yeah, yeah. something to be proud of, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. National pride, right there. Yeah. <laughs> Just, uh... Uh, well, before we go too uh, too far down into <laughs> into that uh, rabbit hole. <laughs> Beaver hole. Um, <laughs> yeah, moving hastily onwards. <laughs> <laughs> tons of fun having you on again, uh, Ian. Uh, maybe before we just just before we let you go, uh, uh, tell the listeners where they can uh, where they can view your stuff and uh, what you're up to these days. Well, uh, right now I'm looking at uh, Alex Jones just skipped out on a deposition, and that turned into a giant tire fire. 
So that's going to take me a few days because I actually have to speak to a practice advisor about that one before I do the video because I don't want to get myself in trouble with the Law Society over that one, and that is a possibility because mm -hmm. it's a little spicy. Um, but uh, so that's one thing I'm looking at. Uh, I also am waiting on some supplies to do a video on the Alec Baldwin, uh, you know, debacle. Um, and basically, because I've been in touch with uh, a movie armaments group who is out of Toronto, and they, uh, you know, they have some thoughts about just, you know, the safety issues on all of that. But what I've sort of acquired is, or what I'm going to have is uh, some film dummies that are you like the, uh, the cartridges, the sort of deactivated cartridges as they use on the films. And I'm planning on bringing, and I've got a, uh, uh, the same Pieta model uh, firearm that was used in the, uh, the filming. And so I'm planning on basically bringing that out and uh, bringing a complete newbie to the range, somebody who's never handled a gun before in their life, and seeing basically can they avoid becoming Alec Baldwin while blindfolded? Because I bet they can. Don't stand in front of her, though. <laughs> I will actually do the firing of the firearm, but... Uh, it's basically going to be, you know, here, you tell me if a bullet, you know, when we put this in, yeah, yeah. does this one go in or, or do I put it down? And we'll just see, you know, if we, you know, fail state is putting a single hole in the, the paper. So we'll just see how that goes. But uh, yeah, I got some sort of fun ideas there. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun being able to do some of these things. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Right, and they can and, find uh, you on... On YouTube? YouTube is the best place. Uh, I'm also on Locals. If you search Runkle of the Bailey on either of those places, you'll you'll find me. So thanks for having me on again. It's always a, awesome. a great time. And uh, here's hoping things don't get too uh, too much of a disaster in the near future. Yeah, well, we'll have a we'll have a good news show coming up sometime. When? Hopefully. <laughs> good news. Four months from now sometime. when we're approved. I kind of feel like that might be uh, 2025. Maybe. maybe. Yeah. We'll There's see. something happening we'll in 2025. Uh, maybe I'll just leave it there. <laughs> awesome. But thanks thanks again for coming on, Ian. Uh, thanks for having me and see you, next, see you guys next time. Thanks, Ian. Thanks, Ian. Once again, we'd like to say thank you to Ian for coming on and talking to us about all the everything that's taking place. Animus. But always good to have Ian on, by the way. I I, I love his YouTube videos too. Oh, it's so. unique perspectives. Yeah. yeah, it's always good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He does a really good job of researching the material too, and quick too. He he'll put out something quite quick. Uh, and anyways, why don't we get into our emails? <laughs> this one, Adriel. I'm going to give this to you. One. Well, actually, just giving it to you. <laughs> Hi, Kelly. I wanted to reach out to you and apologize if my email gets to be quite lengthy. This I've recently is why. started listening to you on both Slamfire Radio and the She Shoots podcast, and I am so inspired. I would love to share my story with you and see if I could get some help, advice, and support from you and the extremely talented group of women you work with. My name is Paige Scheller, and I'm currently residing in Yorkton, Saskatchewan with my husband and two children. I'm on my fourth month of an 18-month paternity leave. Uh, we had our daughter in October of 2021, and that's kind of when these ideas started really taking shape for me. 
I've been around firearms my whole life. My dad was and still is an avid gun collector, gunsmith, and outdoorsman. I grew up hunting and shooting, but never really got into it as much as I would have liked to. We spent some time at our local gun range as kids, and I was always the only girl there. Uh, I kicked ass at the 22 special every time, though. Haha. <laughs> I've always had a passion for firearm safety and responsible gun ownership. My frustrations are incredible when it comes to the current firearms laws and the ever-evolving political situation we face every day as law-abiding gun owners who enjoy the sport and also the satisfaction of hunting. I graduated high school in 2011 and headed straight to Lethbridge, Alberta, where I graduated from the Criminal Defense Policing Program. Once completed, I moved back to Saskatchewan, where I worked as a commercial vehicle enforcement officer for four years. After the birth of our son in 2017, I decided I wasn't interested in doing shift work on the road, etc. So I transferred over to the Ministry of Justice as a judicial officer, which is a court clerk, and I've been there for three years. I've always wanted to open a gun shop. I've always called it my pipe dream because I honestly didn't think I'd ever be able to pull something like that off. I've had a steady job with the government of Saskatchewan for the past seven years. A lot of people say, why would you want to give that up? The pension, the benefits, yada, yada, yada. A few years ago during hunting season, I was in our local Canadian tire stocking up on supplies and I was looking for a simple blaze orange fleece zip up or vest. There was nothing there specifically for women, and I was frustrated. It was all tailored to men or unisex, which never fits me properly anyways, so it wasn't much use to me. I've stewed on the idea of having my own shop where I can not only carry and sell the things that I want to see and bring in the products my customers would love, but also be a positive advocate for the firearms community. Then COVID hit. For uh, lack of a better explanation, we're all redneck, conservative, no bullshit kind of people. So COVID really changed the way I look at where I am in my life and what I want to be doing for the next 30 years. And working for the government isn't one of them. Amen. (laughs) (laughs) Fast forward to December of 2021. As I mentioned, my dad is is a gun nut. I grew up in a small rural community where guns and hunting was a normal part of life. There's a small gun shop about a half hour away from where I grew up, where I spent an enormous amount of time as a kid. It was very common for us to hop in the truck with dad on a Saturday or Sunday and sit at Doug's gun shop for the afternoon, watching them drink coffee and bullshit about gun stuff and current events happening in the, in the world. I was talking with my dad, who to this day still frequents Doug's shop at least once a week for coffee and comes home with the odd gun or two. I mentioned my ideas and dreams again, and he encouraged me to contact Doug to see if he'd be interested in selling the shop. Doug's been in the business for about 30 years. He's run the shop out of the, his yard uh, on the farm, and he's a bachelor with no wife or children. Not sure of his exact age, but he's definitely in his late 70s. I contacted him, and to my incredible surprise, he is ready to get out of the business. I've been working in the shop with him for a few days a week for the past couple of months, learning the trade, helping him out, and cleaning up the shop. I'm working on a business plan, and we're having an evaluation expert help us assess the business to get the ball rolling. Doug would like me to take over by August 1st, 2022, so I can help deal with the upcoming hunting season, which is the busiest time. He also agreed to be my mentor and help me get started. Holy F. That <laughs> just got real. I'll, throw, I'll, I'll censor just a little bit. Just a little bit. Okay. Not all of them. 
Uh, as I mentioned, I've been listening to you on multiple different podcasts and have become increasingly interested in becoming more involved in the firearms community. I recently listened to the second episode of She Shoots, where you talked about Gunny Girls, the CCFR, and the calendar. I couldn't wipe the smile off my face. I can't believe the enormous support system that's out there for the kinds of things I'd love to get into and advocate for. I have so many ideas to expand Doug's business, and I think my future in the industry is limitless. I would like to start a women's league or club, start hosting events to get more people interested and active in the shooting community, and grow my business in a way that I can shine a positive light on firearms. I'd even like to look into starting a kids club to have the next generation into shooting and hunting. I could go on and on with the ideas I have. So I hope I didn't bore you with my life story. When and if you have a chance or are interested, I would absolutely love to hear your thoughts, opinions, suggestions, and advice, good or, and bad, as I move forward on this journey. Thank you so much for your time, and I look forward to hearing from, from you, Paige. How awesome was that? Great letter. Great yeah. letter. Yeah. That is so awesome. I did reply to her, and I set her up. I, um, I sent her, I asked another female gunsmith, shop owner, and I asked her if she would be interested in speaking with Paige. And so she is speaking with her. Um, Good. So I, Amber, Amber, Amberlyn from uh, um, Cantac Firearms and Fabrication. She also runs the West Kootenays Women's uh, League as well. So they're talking to each other. So Paige can have some ideas and also on owning a shop as well and how, the female perspective of it. And then, I did reach out to her and say, you know what, if any of this, if you need help with setting up your ladies days or, or any of that, I'd be happy to help you out. It's for sponsorship, but I did ask her if I could take the letter and have it read on Slamfire because, and then I did forward it to the She Shoots ladies as well um, because she listens to the show and I thought, you know what, listening to the show has inspired her uh, and maybe it'll inspire every other people too. Not just females, but maybe men to actually go and follow that dream. COVID's been doing that for a lot of people. They've been saying, you know what? Enough's enough and I'm I'm gonna go live my life. Good. So Good. it was an awesome it was an awesome email. I wanted to thank her for that. So um why don't we actually get into the next letter? Uh okay, so well, are you able to read this? Yeah. It's yeah. from Trevor from Didsbury. Okay. I'm ready. Okay, go. Hello, Slamfire people. Trevor from Didsbury. I met Angel at two separate Maple Seeds last year. Thanks for running those. I've sent a few few more shooters your way this year as it's a great program for new or seasoned shooters. My question is for Adriel, the resident Dremel Pro, or if any others have suggestions for making my Hypefire 24C trigger work in my MCR. I read component triggers works, so bought one online from an AR guy. The Hyperfire EDT fits, but apparently the fancy Hyperfire models with additional springs up, up top are too wide and block the bolt release pin. My questions are, is there a way to Dremel mod a bolt release or receiver to function or leave a gaping hole and run it without one? I read online some guys use the trigger without the additional springs, although the instructions say not to. I ran it a bit, but had some light strikes on my Norinco 762 by 39. Any suggestions on saving my impulse purchase as it's a great trigger? Thanks, guys. And gal. So actually, uh, I replied to Trevor on uh, Facebook. And uh, 
yeah, so the 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 strut that holds the two additional springs at the back, actually, it, you can see it poking through the, uh, the 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 hole where you'd put the um, bolt release pivot pin. Uh, so if he wants to run that trigger, a uh, couple of options. Yeah, dremeling the trigger pack. I don't know if you can really do that because they probably need that meat. Uh, you could run it without the bolt release, but the bolt release on the WKs or the uh, WSMCRs uh, also holds down the safety. So the the the, the spring that uh, that engages the safety and the bolt release is the same one. Oh. Uh, so you would have to do something to hold that spring, uh, which might actually be quite easy. Like there might be a, a very easy mod you could do to do that uh, and just hold that spring in there and then not have a bolt release, not have a bolt hold open. Uh, if that's possible. Um, I would probably just swap the trigger to another one and pop that trigger in something that uh, that might work better. I wonder where that's Trevor is. Advice. He's he must, uh, Didsbury. Didsbury. Yep. Mm, Trevor, Trevor. So Trevor. you're going down to Calgary, right? That's mm-hmm. along the way. I don't have I don't have time to grab. I've got another trigger that is nicer uh, than that one uh, that would work. Trevor, call no, Adriel. No, it wouldn't. Or message him. No, it wouldn't. No. Uh, hmm. It would with some Dremel work. It's <laughs> getting us back into uh, back into the problems. Uh, I do have a solution. I have a solution. I won't. I won't have it ready for this weekend, but uh, but I could potentially solve that problem for you, Trevor. Um, it does involve using a different trigger, but I think that might be okay. Okay. Give me a Facebook message. Yeah, we'll work it out there. All right. I okay. Um, yeah, and it was half. There's a really short one here from Julian. Do you want to read out? Sure. From Julian. What do you folks think this could mean for firearms owner and specifically restricted license holders in the near future? Probably a silly question. It seems like it started in the middle. No? Yeah. Okay. Probably, probably a silly a question, person. but probably not a good thing for us. Let me go back and see where it starts. It's, you, you guys know what it's about. It's about the NDP and LPC yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. unholy alliance. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't think it'll, I don't think it'll make bad. much of a difference. The NDP was already supporting them. If the LPC put together, like, we're just going to ban all, all, all guns, the NDP would be like, sure, we'll go for that, too. Yeah. Yeah. So in the line of uh, the subject line, it said Liberal and NDP Coalition. So. Uh, okay. Oh, okay. That yeah, makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Well, I was just like, it seems like I started in the middle. but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's, every, it's on everyone's minds, but they're already supporting them. Like, the, the only yeah. thing this yeah. will do is... Um, there's a couple of programs that, that the liberals didn't like explicitly support that they'll have to support now um, for the NDP to prop them up, which the NDP already was propping them up. So yeah. this is going to continue. Okay. More free, not free stuff for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how you really feel there. Uh, oh, oh, you want to know? Um, I, always <laughs> thought the, I always thought the NDP was a useless party, but now they're useful because they're useful to the liberals. Okay. So I'll leave it at that. By the way, there is nothing is free. So, Oh, I'm aware of that. Free. Guess who's paying for it? Yeah. So nothing is free. At a 55% income tax rate, I'm, I'm pretty aware that You're aware nothing is free. All right. Well, well that's, maybe uh, there was a reason why Lube got delivered to Adriel's place. <laughs> <laughs> all, all Burtons get it. 
<laughs> well, like the, the thing is, like the um, uh, the, the the dental plan thing um, only applies if you make under ninety k. And like for yeah. in, in a family, a family uh, income of ninety k is like below average in Alberta. Uh, mm-hmm. So like no one, you know, no one here is going to. Well, few, fewer people are going to get here. So it is it is a wealth transfer from if, uh, from Alberta to to the other provinces. In effect. Yeah. Well, we already lots knew that. Lots, lots of federal programs are. Yeah, yeah exactly. Hmm. All right, let's get into the last email. It's from uh, Spencer from Smyrna. Okay, guys, it's a, it's not as long as a couple of our other emails, but it's pretty long. So it says, hey, guys, I wanted to comment on the last couple of shows. First of all, I'm kind of glad that Kyle had it. No, he's not. First of all, I'm <laughs> glad that Kyle had a good experience with the ATF. Uh, the West Virginia branch handles all of the NFA items like suppressors. And they are really nice people who seem to actually want to be helpful. I doubt any other part of the ATF is like this, um, but they are good folks there. So secondly, I don't know if I would call this an ammo panic this time around. Last panic was just that since it was uh, was existing gun owners uh, buying up everything in sight. Afraid there would, sorry, I can't even read. I can't even see this actually. So Afraid there would be some kind of ban after the Sandy Hook shooting. On the ammo side, we recovered pretty quickly with the exception of 22. I remember that uh, because no one really worried about uh, much about any ammo other than 223 and 9mm. Uh, the ammo shortage is completely different, at least there, here in the U.S. We uh, added roughly 5 million new uh, gun owners in 2020 and about the same in 2021. Uh, these people are primarily buying guns for self-defense, so the, the demand for all the popular calibers went through the roof. This wasn't panic buying. It was really just a massive spike in demand that no one saw coming. Of course, once the, pri- the price skyrockets here, you start getting the ammo flippers jumping in, buying anything they can to get a hold of, and marking it up in sales at gun shows. Uh, that tends to prolong the shortages until supply catches up enough to drive them back under the rocks. So those people that are taking advantage of other people. Uh, one of the big uh, differences between the U.S. and Canada is that you still have access to Chinese ammo. You do. Um, that was banned here decades ago, and the Russian stuff was just banned recently. Mm-hmm. So we don't have any real source of cheap ammo like you guys do. Uh, that tends to keep our your market from swinging to extremes and leaving us at the mercy of the domestic pr- production or European, both of which can get pricey pretty quickly. Yeah, it can. Lastly, I'm glad Kyle got to try out the SIG P365 uh, while he was here in the U.S. He's still there. It's a great little pistol and has been my carry gun for the last year or two now. Taking the price of or taking the place of the FNS compact, I used to carry. Sorry about uh, bastardizing this. Uh, anyways, uh, keep up the good work, Spencer and Smyrna. P.S. Adriel, you should look into security hinge screws for your new gun room. Uh, they take the place of some of the hinge screws in a door and do a good job of securing the door against the uh, tax securing the door against attacks against the hinge joints or the hinges themselves. He's right. So good. Those like different pins that go in or like big, bad screws to go into like the door jam and the stud. So I use like longer screws to. Oh, I did that. 
I did that. I thought like uh, if you were to if you were to get like a chop saw or something like that, you can get into anything. Uh, and I think that's that's still the case with uh, uh, with what I got going. But uh, it's pretty secure and it's quiet in there. Like the the outdoor because I used like a metal outdoor door. Yeah, it's got like a sweep at the bottom. It's got like a decent seal on it, like a weather seal all the way around. And uh, it's 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 beefy. And once yeah. you screw it into the studs and that kind of thing, it uh, it hangs well. Oh, Richard posted. I wish I could click on the link and just like see see what it is, but I can't. There's door hinge security screws on Amazon. Well, have that sent with next box of lube. <laughs> okay. The lube yes. episode. Holy crap! I'm really having problems reading tonight. I uh, can't see anything. Uh, we're still waiting for a guest, so uh, let's get on to the next person of the show, and then we'll hang out and see if Ian shows up. To be clear, he's supposed to come in at six, right? Oh, we sped That's through the show, didn't we? Yeah. 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 Okay. That's all right. Okay. Yeah. We got five minutes. Uh, mm-hmm. anyways, uh, yeah. So if you'd like to send us an email, send us an email at slamfireradio at gmail.com. We'd love to read it and share everybody's positive positivity, I guess. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to support the show so that we can put out some content, uh, go over to patreon.com radio. Adriel is now officially in his home. He can probably send you some stickers and patches at some point. Too. I found some. Awesome. And I ordered some. I ordered a lot. I ordered a lot of patches. We're going to be good for patches for a while. They should be in in like, uh, I don't know, a week or two. Cool. We will have an an enormous number of of patches. Excellent. Good to hear. Okay. Cool. So let's get into some shout outs because I got a couple. I know that. Adriel, you got any? Um, No, I can't think of any. Sorry, guys. Okay. What about you, Mo? Uh, Lizzie from the um, Montreal range that uh, got me a spot for Sunday. Awesome. It's nice to have uh, people that are able to do that for you. Yeah. Kyle? I'd like to shout out the team at Superstition Mountain, Mr. Three Gun, for putting on an awesome event, as always. And then shout out my Timney handler, Jill, for... Loaning the rifle and finding me a bunch of ammo to use with it. And then Aaron Hayes for letting us use his FFL and bringing the rifle to the match for me. Oh, it's nice that you were able to find a team of people that were able to make it happen for you. So that's good. Okay. I want to give a shout out to Kareem again and everybody at the Carleton University Shooting uh, Club. They did an awesome job of putting on the Ladies' Day event. And I wanted to just give a shout out to Kyle and Kelly as well for taking the trip up there and helping out at the event. Uh, they spent their Sunday with uh, a bunch of people and a bunch of ladies and made the experience awesome. Uh, last, I'd like to actually give a shout out to Paige for allowing me to share her email with everybody and guys on Slamfire, but also our listeners as well. I really actually thought it was an amazing email. So thank you for doing that. Sending it. It was awesome. All right. So uh, Russ just gave us a good suggestion for the this episode name. <laughs> what? <laughs> Patches and lube. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Okay. Uh I'm gonna sign off, but not really <laughs> because we're gonna wait for our guests and then do that portion of the show. 
and who's ever listening on the podcast when we splice it in, they're going to say, what? Okay, so thanks everybody for listening tonight. Don't forget to check us out on Gunners Canada. Give us a like on Facebook. Uh, we would like to get to 3,000. We've lost a couple recently. <laughs> but uh, yeah, do that. Also, go on over to our YouTube channel. Uh, click on a like, share, support, subscribe, everything you know what to do. Uh, also, visit, visit us on Instagrams too. We're all over social media. Uh, and send us a review on Facebook too if you want. We'll read it as well. Join the CCFR. Go and make a donation. And guess what? We'll be seeing everybody next week. Same time, same channel, same bit time. Bad time? Is it bad time? Bad time. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. So, if you have any comments or questions for the show, please send an email to slamfireradio at gmail.com. Now, go grab a gun and shoot something. When the talking is over, it's time to get a gun.